Hello, beautiful. I'm your host and mindset coach, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We are a space of women empowering women, and each week we feature an empowered woman's vulnerable story because we believe it's important to have these conversations so that we can learn and grow from one another. So go subscribe to get your weekly dose of inspiration. You guys, I have an exciting announcement. Some of you have sent me DMs congratulating me on everything I've been doing for this past year and a half. From creating this platform to empower women, to taking the leap of faith and starting a career in something I am passionate about. And some of you have even noticed that I've become a lot more confident in teaching what I believe in terms of energy, alignment, and manifestation, all topics I'm super passionate about. So for about a year now, I've been working with women who are in some sort of a transition in their careers, in their relationships, and in their overall well-being. I mean, haven't we all been there, especially this year? And I cannot believe, well, I believe it, (laughs) the transformation that they have all had in their life. From getting crystal clarity on their biggest vision goals to having the confidence to take inspired action to create a purpose-driven life, to working through limiting beliefs and some of the subconscious patterns that kept showing up in their lives once and for all. You know, the stories of people-pleasing and not feeling good enough and not being able to have healthy boundaries and giving all of your energy away and serving from an empty cup. It's like there's so many patterns that often we don't even know that we're doing. And once we actually realize and have the awareness to those things, we come from an empowered place and can take action to change them. It is such powerful work. So are you ready to know what it is? Drum roll, please. Oh my God, I haven't done that since episode one. I'm happy to announce that I've pushed the bar higher and created an amazing and effective one-to-one 12-week coaching program that I want for you because I know the program works. It worked for me, it's worked for other women like you, and it's going to work for you too, especially in these uncertain times like we are now. The best thing you can do is invest in your future by investing in yourself today. Making a difference here and now is what's going to get you a different tomorrow. So the program is called the Vibrancy Method, and that's because by the end of it, you are going to be living your most vibrant and radiant life. (laughs) You are going to learn how to tap into your intuition, how to take inspired action towards your goals, how to overcome those limiting beliefs how to go after the things that you want with conviction and courage. And when you look back, I'm telling you right now, the women that I work with, they literally look back and almost don't recognize the girl that they were a month, two months, three months prior to us working together. Like these changes happen fast. And I am just so, so, so excited about this program. If this is you and you are ready to up-level your life to have more confidence, more income, better relationships, have a deeper spiritual connection, 
then don't miss out on this opportunity because the program is going to close soon and that's it. You're going to have to wait until 2021, until the new year to get started. And who wants that? Honestly, you're better off starting now and getting yourself set up so that you can start 2021 in the best position ever. So if you'd like more information, go to samantharoberto.com and go check out the work with me tab and everything's there. Uh, follow the instructions, go there. You can apply for the program. And I am just super excited to connect with you guys because I know if you're listening to this podcast, then you are in this game for growth. So go check out samantharoberto.com, go apply, and I cannot wait to hear from you. So on this note, I am really excited to share with you this week's guest, We have got Natalia from Unleash the Goddess, and she is a self-love coach and a boudoir photographer. She helps women remember the way their bodies were designed to be inhabited in full, unconditional love, joy, and pleasure. (laughs) Helping women go from external validation beggars to fully embodied queens. So it is all about loving and honoring your body, your temple. And Nat is here to share her personal journey of how going into boudoir photography really helped her on her own personal healing process. You know, we go into body shaming. We go into the pressure from media and the pressure of social media, you know, editing apps and filters and just with so much out there to try to make women feel insecure in their bodies, what you can do to really and deeply and truly learn to love yourself. Like I just said, your body is your temple and it really doesn't deserve like 99.9, if not 100% of the pressure and crap that we can put on it, right? So we also get into the power of sensuality and sexuality and learning how to tap into that essence that as women, we all have how it's basically like a superpower that needs to come out, that deserves to come out and shine. So on that note, let's get to our episode. So my dear, I'm so grateful that we're we're here and we're doing this. I've wanted to have you on the podcast for a while. So first off, thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm like super, super excited to be here. I love it. I was just looking at your website and your photos are absolutely gorgeous. You do boudoir photography and I just want to jump in right into it. How did you get doing that? Like, What is your story that led you down that path? Oof, it's a long one. Well, actually, I always loved photography and I did my studies in psychology and occupational therapy. Uh, but photography was always something that was a passion of mine. And so after I had my kids, especially the second one, like my own body changed so much and I had a lot of difficulty accepting myself. I was really not in a good place mentally because, you know, our bodies change, right? Like, especially for moms. And yes, some people bounce back to like having the body as it was previously, but I think a lot of us don't. And society kind of expects you to kind of like bounce back. And I didn't. And so I was looking at myself and I was hating myself so deeply and I had so much shame like even with my sexuality I had a lot of problems connecting to me as a sexual woman it was just becoming just mom 
And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm doing photography. I have all of this therapeutic background. How can I combine them to make a shift for me and also to create something where other women can make that shift? Because I'm sure I'm not the only one in this situation. And so that's kind of where I started exploring boudoir photography. And when I started working with this, I found it was so powerful. It was as much of a healing journey for me as it was for the women I work with. So this is a bit where I started with boudoir photography. Mm, beautiful. And I'm sure like with the women that you work with, like often everything's a reflection. And it almost reminds me of that Dove commercial. Have you ever seen the Dove commercial where yes, like yes, yes. you describe yourself <laughs> and then someone else describes you? And it's like when we describe ourselves, we can be so hard on ourselves. And then in someone else's eyes, it's like you're so beautiful, right? Yes, absolutely. I think we're like our worst critic because we're so used to picking on every little thing that maybe other people would not even necessarily notice or see about ourselves. But because we see ourselves every day in the mirror and like we have like this tendency to kind of get fixated on like little things and then it kind of sometimes amplifies it in our mind. So we become our own worst critic ever because other people might not even notice it at all. Totally. I find it so fascinating for you to be, you know, in an intimate setting with so many different women, you know, and be there as an emotional support to help overcome so many like root core, you know, I mean, there's just so much there, like there could be body shaming, there could be, you know, limiting beliefs, there could be, you know, just the different insecurities. What are common themes that you see with the women that you work with and how do you navigate through them? Mm, That's such a good question. You know what? I think um, this is my personal observation. First of all, I think what I realized is that um, we as women, this is something we lost in our modern day culture is that we don't get exposed to other women's bodies. We don't see other women naked. And I don't mean like in a sexual way. I just mean like in a very general way. We just don't get exposed to other women. And so what happens is that it's kind of as if we're like isolated in a bubble. And the only thing we get fed in this bubble is what the media wants us to see. So it's very highly processed and highly targeted images of women's bodies, which the majority of us don't fit in. So that's the only thing that we see. And that sips into our subconscious. And like it or not, that becomes our kind of ideal to which we Mm -hmm. compare ourselves then. And so what that does is that that leaves most of us feeling very inadequate and feeling like Mm -hmm. we're not enough because we don't fit that model. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. some of us do, but a big chunk of us don't. So then what happens that for me, when I started working with women, that was one of the main healing points is that because I was exposed to women and um, just how they are naturally and like seeing naked bodies that helped me heal so much things because I'm like, wow, like women have cellulite and we all have stretch (laughs) marks and Mm -hmm. none of us is like, perfect commercials from Vogue, you know? And uh, I think for me, that helped me create a much more, I would say, um, realistic and much more honest perception of what women's bodies are. And then have much more um, kindness to myself and much more tolerance to myself because now I had a more healthy comparison point than when I was not exposed to that. And this is one thing that I want to bring forth also in my photography is like to kind of help shift this collective idea of what women's bodies look like. So unless a person really asks me to retouch a picture, I will not retouch it. I will leave it as it is because I want us collectively to see what women's bodies really look like. So I will not remove the stretch mark 
works or to sell it. I will leave it as is. Um, of course, if a woman is really uncomfortable with it, like I respect everybody's journey and everybody's path. And it's okay if some of them don't feel comfortable yet to come come out to the world as they are. So I think it's mm -hmm. also about respecting each one's journey, but I try collectively like not to retouch. So if like, I'm not going to make you plastic and, you know, <laughs> fake skin yeah. and whatnot. So that, that's not what I do. Like I really want women to remember that they're beautiful and in their reality, in their rawness and like in their womanhood, you know, and just collectively make that shift. That kind of makes me think about like even like Photoshop and editing pictures that way, like even like with filters and different things on oh Instagram, we are living in such a digital world where you don't even know what's real. Like what you Absolutely. see online, Absolutely. you have no clue. Yeah. And you know, I actually started a challenge because I have a Facebook community just for women. And I started a challenge every Monday. Uh, we post selfies of ourselves without any filters, without any makeup, just raw. Because this, uh, again, even the filters, it creates an idea of how we should be. And we're not like that. And then we kind of get exposed visually to this ideal of ourselves, which is not real. So when we see ourselves in the mirror and then we don't look like the filtered version of ourselves, we feel inadequate. And then we also expect that from the other women around us because all we see is highly processed filtered images. And I think this is so unhealthy and we really need to drop that. It's so crazy because in a way it's almost so innocent. Like you never even think of it. In my Instagram stories, I put filters on, like I'm okay putting a picture of myself as is, but I'm like, wait a second, what deeper, slight psychological, yes. you know, things is happening when I'm using some of these filters and I'm not yes. doing it. Like you don't think about it in the no. moment. It's oh, whatever. Right. But there's those deeper subconscious beliefs. Absolutely. And you also have the subconscious belief that like, I will be more accepted if I use this filter, or I will be more liked if I use this filter, or I will get more, I don't know, attention or validation or whatever if I use this filter. But then collectively, that creates an expectation of ourselves, which is very unrealistic because nobody looks like we are on filters, like let's agree. So then we look ourselves and we're like, well, I'm not enough just as I am. And I think this is a mm. shift that we really have to make. And especially me being a mommy of a daughter, like I want her to have a healthy body image and like I want to create a world for her where she feels okay being a woman just as she is and she doesn't need to use all those filters and all those processed images to be validated and accepted so yeah there's a big shift to be made I love your passion behind it though I can feel your heart behind it there's so much there I love so. love love <laughs> So much love there. Yes. Um, one thing you said, though, I really want to highlight because it almost reminded me of when I was in Morocco. So when I was in Morocco, I went to a hammam and in the hammams, you just sort of get down naked and the women go to this bath together and you go through the spa together and you're naked. And the first time I went, I was literally like so nervous and sort of covering myself, but everybody else was just normal and they were used to it. And it's just a body. And then that made me realize in North America, we don't do that. No. It's just you're, you're insecure or, you know. No, absolutely not. And even having moved to Europe, I realized that Europeans are much more open with body than it is in North America because I used to live in Canada before. And it's like, I guess it's in the US, the same thing. Like it's pretty, um, we say we're sexually and culturally open, but yet there is still so much shame around the woman's body and so much taboo about the woman's sexuality. Uh, while I find in Europe, they're a bit much more open. Like you see a lot of people on the beach, like being topless and women going topless. And it's like, it's much more tolerated and much more normal. And it's not like everybody's staring at you. So, but I think it's something we lost in our culture because we also lose touch with our bodies. And I think we don't know what to compare ourselves with when we don't see other women's bodies. So then we just rely on exterior sources to 
telling us what a woman's body should look like, such as the media and, I don't know, Instagram and magazines and stuff like this. And those are highly processed. And we also have to realize that the images that the media presents to us very often, it's to sell us something. Totally. So their way of selling us something is to make us feel like we are not enough. Therefore, we need to purchase those things. So it's like a marketing, but like a very manipulative marketing, I would say. And it's something that we also need to bring to our consciousness, like, and to realize that what are we comparing ourselves into? Why are we not feeling adequate? And what is this ideal? Because for my coaching program, for example, like I use the term ideal woman prototype because I think everybody, every woman has that subconsciously. So we're always comparing ourselves to this ideal woman prototype, even if we don't realize it consciously. And so it doesn't matter what we look like physically. It's the perception we have of ourselves comparing to this ideal woman prototype and how much there is discrepancy between the two that will kind of Mm -hmm. dictate how we feel about ourselves. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. I take pictures of women who come in and they look like... I don't know, they look like they could have walked off, I don't know, a catwalk or something. And then at the same time, you see there is so much insecurity and so much self-hate. And you're like, oh my God, like how could this woman possibly hate herself? But that's, again, that's what is she comparing herself into? What is her ideal? And the Mm -hmm. bigger this discrepancy, the more there's going to be insatisfaction with yourself. So a lot of work that I do is also to kind of really dig in and realize, well, what is this ideal you're constantly comparing yourselves into? And is this ideal coming from you? Is this how you want to be really presented in this world? Or is this something that you picked up from your culture or from your parents or from your environment? And is it really serving you? And I think that this Mm. is an important work that every woman should do on herself to really kind of get a realistic perception of where she is right now and what is it that she's trying to attain and whose ideas are those? Mm, so powerful. So what are some things that you do, say, in the moment when you are photographing someone and you can tell that they're feeling insecure or feeling, you know, just not good enough in their bodies? What are some exercises or things you do to help close that gap? Oh, that's so good. But you know what? I think it kind of comes naturally. I wouldn't say necessarily have an exercise, but it's always, um, first of all, I think it's very important to create a safe space and a safe container beforehand, even before you start shooting. Because the more the person feels safe with you and she feels like she's not judged, the more she's going to be able to allow herself to open up uh, Mm -hmm. and to express her femininity and to express her sexuality. Mm -hmm. So I think the most important step, even before all the photography, is really creating that safe space. So we would prepare prepare the session before I would get to know them before we will have the discussions before I get to know like well what are the points um, what are your your body parts for example that you're more um, self-conscious about what are the things that you really want to emphasize on the other hand like what are things you're proud of so I think like already having this discussion beforehand and really explaining like to the woman how it's gonna go and what to expect and to get to know each other so she she knows she knows she's not going to be judged she's not going to be like just thrown out there and like go be sexy because <laughs> sometimes it's hard <laughs> already it's like I asked, there's no pressure with that <laughs> no pressure at all you know like it, it can be totally intimidating and I did a boudoir photo shoot for myself as well because I have to put myself in the shoes of women to really understand what they're going through so that I can hold a better space for them right and mm-hmm. so um, I think like preparing the session before this is one of very important steps and also as we start shooting you see women at the beginning they're so nervous they're super shy and then as we start going towards the end oh my god they're like they're rolling they're into it the goddess <laughs> is out I think oh, yes. Yes. 
I love it. I love it. And I feel like it's, it would be such an empowering experience. And that's the thing that's sort of, you know, for me, when I see it, it's like, whoa, like it's almost pole dancing in a way. I've done that. I've never done a boudoir mm-hmm. shoot, but I've gone pole dancing and the same thing. Like I felt so empowered being there and learning. It was just, it was like you were tapping into this inner confidence yes. that, you know, yes. is normally sort of tucked away and hidden away. Absolutely. But you know what? I think where it can be scary for women is to kind of um, face it. Like, because I think unconsciously, a lot of us are like, well, do I have it? And if ever mm, I come on pictures yeah. and I don't have it. And I think this is a very big um, fear for a lot of women when they come for a boudoir photo. She's like, well, what if I don't have it? But you know what? I haven't met one woman who didn't have it. Like we all do. We really all do. We just need the right container to let it out. And I think all of us want to experience that. And I think all of us want to express our sexuality in a safe, safe space so that we don't feel judged because there is still so much shame around women's sexuality. Like you're not allowed to be a sexual woman. You're supposed to be pure, whatever that means. Uh, you're supposed to be like a good girl. One thing I hear often, for example, is, oh, um, I'm just doing that for my husband or I'm just doing that for my partner. But the truth is that after when we start talking, no, I actually wanted to do it for myself. That's where we are in society, that a woman feels it's more normal to say that she's doing that for a man than say, Mm -hmm. no, you know what? I'm doing that for myself because that's the part of me that I want to reclaim. So that shows you like it doesn't sound as much, but when you look deeply at it, it really shows how much there is still shame around sexuality and how much women are still in this role of of their sexuality being there for the men. That mm-hmm. we're there as an object for his pleasure and for his satisfaction. And that's a big chunk of what we also do is reclaiming that sexuality and make it our own instead of being that for somebody else. That is so, so powerful. Like I'm just really feeling that mm. just to be able to take that back and to make it just about you. Because like you said, for so long, women, you know, like there's these beliefs or these subconscious things that are put in there like you're to be a good girl, you have to be a lady, you have to do this, you have to, there's so many you have to, or you should. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So it's like breaking them down at the core. Yes. And it's, it's hard. And even like, um, I think a lot of women don't necessarily right away give themselves the permission to go into that sexual self because it's like, well, if you do that, then you're a whore, you know, or you're Mm. whatever. So there's a lot of shame. Something that I like to do in the photo session is that we start with something that is much more, um, I would say, mild if we can say like um so we would do like i don't know like a very cocooning like just a sweater and like maybe shorts and like socks and like with a cup of tea like that type of session and then as women get more comfortable then they're ready to really get into like their (laughs) sexiness and their sassiness and then we do like the whole garters and like big hills or whatever however the woman wants to express her sexiness some of them are like you know what let's just go naked and i'm totally comfortable with that you know but i think it's um it's about a lot about giving yourself the permission to be that person and reclaiming your own sexuality and reclaiming your own sexiness and this is so powerful because i think once you give yourself the permission to do that you're also incorporating and liberating different aspects of yourself um, mm-hmm. And I don't think we can fully be ourselves until we fully acknowledge and um, reclaim all aspects of our being, including our sexuality. That's beautiful. So for the women listening to this right now who are at, at home, um, do you have any tips or anything they can do just even on their own that can help them reclaim that power within them to tap into their sexuality or tap into who they are or their feminine side? 
Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Let me think. Um, I think it really depends on where the women are. The most important thing, I think you would say, it starts by asking yourself the question of, uh, well, right now, where am I at? Is my sexuality for me or is it more something that I do for my partner? Because this is a big one. And even for me on my own journey, it took me years to realize that a lot of my own sexuality was actually stemming from this conditioning where I had to be the, um, kind of there for the purpose of my husband. And I mean, I adore my husband. We have such a good relationship. So it was hard for me to reclaim like, oh, wow, like I'm not really serving my own being. Like I'm there for his needs. And it's funny because I guess maybe also because I'm coming from a more um, conservative background and I yeah. heard things growing up like, oh, well, you better be good for your husband. If not, he will leave you or like you better satisfy him. If not, he'll find other girls. So it's like, we have this big conditioning of like the woman has to be there for the pleasure of men. And if no, he will leave her. And I think this mm. is something that is still so present and women kind of are always in this performance role. So I think the biggest part is we'll start by asking yourself those questions. Start by identifying, well, where are you sexually? Are you really able to open up and ask for pleasure or are you there for the pleasure of your partner? And it doesn't mean your partner don't love you. I think most loving partners, they would absolutely love to bring you pleasure. But the thing is that if we don't start asking for it, if we don't start setting the terms, they will not know how to do it and they will not be able to support us in this journey because they don't know if we don't say, right? So mm -hmm. I think this is step, step number one. Ask yourself where you're at. So what about for the women? Because I've spoken mm -hmm. to women before that literally can't vocalize it. Like they are so, the block is so there that they have it inside, but they cannot get it out or can't even say it. Absolutely. But I think this is this is so much work to do on yourself. Well, first of all, I think even before you can vocalize it, you first need to find it for yourself. Like, do you know what satisfies you sexually? Do you know mm. uh, what you like sexually? And I would say that a lot of women don't. And a lot of mm -hmm. women also don't believe that they deserve pleasure or that mm -hmm. they could even ask for pleasure. So opening ourselves up to receiving pleasure is also a very big thing. And it takes a lot of work on ourselves uh, and just even getting in touch with our own selves and getting to know in what kind of way do I want to be loved? In what kind of way do I want to be pleased? And if you start really working with that, so many women, um, they don't know. Yeah. So I think one of the important aspects is also to start exploring your own body. Like in a safe space, you can create a beautiful ritual about it. And uh just start like massaging yourself and touching yourself and see like what feels good on my body. What kind of touches do I like? Um, what kind of things please me and what kind of things don't please me? Because you cannot guide your partner if yourself you don't know well what brings you pleasure. So I think this is an important thing. And also I think another important thing is that very often when we're in a relationship, especially heterosexual relationships, um, women kind of have this tendency to be in our heads. So we're yeah. always like, do I look good? Does he like what he's seeing? Nah, nah, nah. And when we're in that space, women need a lot of safety. They need to feel a lot of safety to open up and to receive. And so when we're in our heads, worrying about what the other person thinks, worrying about do we look good? Nah, 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 we don't allow this safety. We don't allow to open ourselves up for pleasure. So first we need to reconnect, just ground yourself, like breathe and be like, okay, right now I'm not going to think about anything. I'm just going to be in the moment. And I'm just going to allow to feel. And I think mm -hmm. this is a good step to start with because get out of your head. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it, it sounds so easy, but it's so hard to do. If you can do it even for like a few minutes to really be present with your partner, to really get out of your head and just enjoy and feel and focus on your sensations. Uh, that's already a very big step. 
I think like that would be a good thing to start working on this. It sort of goes to the same thing that you said when, even when you do the shoots, it's like having a safe container and having rituals, like really creating an environment where mm-hmm. you feel safe, mm-hmm. then that can maybe take a little bit of the defense you know, yes. off yes. and then you can relax. It's almost like it reminds me of meditation sort of, and, or even the nervous system, like the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. Absolutely. Parasympathetic, you're relaxed, you're open, whereas sympathetic, you're like on guard and you know, you're, you're short breath. Absolutely. And you cannot receive pleasure from that space. It's impossible. Like you will not be, especially women as like, um, already, we have like a big pleasure gap between men and women. Uh, it also has a lot to do with the fact that women just take much more time to get climax versus men. And so we were not educated uh, collectively that it's okay for women. Like even forget about porn, which I think like the mainstream porn is just really not a good representation of women's sexuality. But even if you look for like chick flicks or stuff like this, I don't think it's a very good representation of what women need sexually because the typical chick flick is boy meets girl. And after five minutes, yeah. both climax and happiness. So what happens is that <laughs> a lot of women, they, they don't like, we don't just climax in five minutes. We need time uh, to really open up, to receive pleasure, to feel safe, to all those things. And even just our bodies that we're made, like a lot of women don't climax from just um, internal penetration. Like a lot of women need external stimulation as well. So that is not something that is represented in like just general culture. So what happens is that a lot of women, they don't have education. They never received education outside of just porn or movies or whatnot. So they see that and then they're like, oh, wait, well, I'm not like that. So that means there must be something wrong with me. And so then the shame kicks in because already we don't have a safe space to talk about sexuality. And then we don't find ourselves represented in those movies. So we're like, okay, so that must be something that's wrong with me. And so we close up even more and we don't talk about it even more. And then it's very hard from that space to ask for pleasure and to open up to our partner and say, well, now let's, you know... (laughs) Uh, I need to feel pleasure as well. So it's a big process, but I think it all starts with us uh, getting to know ourselves because if we are the basis of everything and if we don't know what we need and we are too afraid to get in touch with ourselves, then we will never be able to create and to build this relationship with our partner. And I think we also need to trust that our partners, they have the best intentions for us. They want to support Mm. us and they want us to have pleasure and they want to create that with us. They just don't know if we don't tell them. Yeah. And, and if we don't know, we don't know what to tell them. So it's a matter of like reconnecting with your body is like step number one. It's like having that connection with your body, step number one. And then from there, explore your body. And then from there, create the bridge with the partner in a safe place so that you can, you know, enjoy that unionship or whatever. Absolutely. And I think this is also one of the things that can Buddha photography is about giving yourself permission to be that sexual woman and that it's okay to be sexual. And it's okay to want to explore sexuality in yourself outside of doing that just for the pleasure of the men. So I think it's a very powerful work. Like it doesn't even necessarily, um, translate this way always but it always comes down to the woman wanting to reclaim her own sexuality and wanting to express her sexual nature but most of my clients actually don't necessarily allow me to post their pictures because I want a lot of them want to keep it private which I understand and I have some that are very awesome and they they like share away which is great <laughs> but yes it's it's a journey it's a big journey and even for me you know when uh, the first time I did a boudoir photo session I think I was more nervous than the girl because I had yeah. my <laughs> own sexual shame coming along and I was yes. like 
what am I doing? What did I get myself into? There is like a half naked girl in front of me. <laughs> what am I doing? Am I crazy? Is this weird? Is this not normal? Should I not be doing this? And like, I had this like big social programming of like sexual shame coming in and playing and like, whoa, you should not be doing this. Good girls don't do that, you know? And so it was yeah. a lot of working on myself, even through this photography, you know? So it's, it's a process and it's a path. What a beautiful path and beautiful process it is. I mean, you have to definitely share your Facebook group. I know there's definitely women who are probably listening and just want that safe container. So we'll, we'll, we'll link that definitely in the show notes for someone who, you know, cause boudoir is sort of like you said, it's sort of like a way to, um, it's like a shortcut, not a shortcut to it, but it is a way to immerse yourself and it just jump in and then reclaim that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for, cause I mean, not everybody is in the South of France. It would be amazing if you can go to the South of France, you can, you know, have the appointment with you there. But if someone's looking for a local boudoir photographer, do you have any tips on what to look out for to find somebody who you feel safe for or safe with or? Oh, definitely. Well, first of all, I think you need to talk to them. And already just feel the vibe because you will know right away if this person feels right or not. Another thing that personally, and this is just my personal experience um, and everybody has a different one. But for me, if somebody asks to, for example, can I get references? Can I talk to some other women? I always give them references. I always like will share like, yes, of course, you can talk to this woman or this woman or just feel free to contact anybody I worked with. If somebody doesn't want to share any references, I would say red flags. <laughs> That's weird. That's like, good to know. Yes, yeah. yeah. Because um, there is a lot of, there's a lot of very, very good boudoir photographers. There is unfortunately also a lot of kind of shady ones. And I even yeah. had myself problems. I had somebody who was um, pretending to be me on another platform that is not related. And they were soliciting girls to send them naked pictures pretending to be me and saying it's for the boudoir shoot, but I need to see nudes and na, 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 you know, so there's, there is that. There is also a lot of very shady people who just in there for the wrong reasons. So I think the most important thing is like, first look at their work. Um, does it look professional? Uh, do you find that it looks to your taste? Is it something that uh, you, like, is this a way that you would like to be represented in? Ask for references, ask to talk to other women um, and get feedback from them. Like, did they feel comfortable with this person? How did they should go? For me personally, if somebody wants to come accompanied, I have absolutely no problems. They can come. The only thing I ask of them is if they could wait next door while we're shooting, just because the person sometimes when we shoot, if there is somebody else, they're going to start acting not natural, but kind of trying to um, look at the reaction of their partner or friend or whoever comes. And this distracts from the process. So, I, But I have no problem mm-hmm. if somebody comes. So if somebody tells you, no, you have to come alone, again, red flag. <laughs> I don't red know flag. what job. And yeah, and a lot of it is just ask for references. This is also good to share because I mean, it is something I'm sure a lot of women are kind of curious about. You see mm-hmm. these sexy photos and you almost think, oh, like, you know, like a party wants to do it, but then it's like you don't even know what to do or the steps to take. So it's nice to have this reference point. Oh, and you know what? Like, I think another thing that people maybe don't realize necessarily about boudoir photography is I think most photographers, at least the ones that I know, and this is how I work as well, is um, we guide you through the process. Like it's not because already most of the women I work with, they have never been in front of the camera. So just by itself being in front of the camera is already very scary for a lot of them and they also don't know what to do um so on top of it you add being almost naked 
or naked in front of a stranger. <laughs> and it's like, go be sexy. Like, of course not. This is yeah. so hard. Like I guide everybody I work with. I tell them, okay, the poses that will, will look good for them. Um, we also discussed before, like what are the areas of their body that they feel more uh, reserved about and which ones they want to emphasize. So I will use the right angles for those ones, the right poses for those ones, and like different body types that have uh, maybe different poses I would like used to really enhance their beauty. So I think it's really important also to ask maybe the photographer, like, what is their procedure? How do you work with when will they guide them? Or because I know some photographers also kind of just don't give you any feedback and put you out there. So Mm -hmm. I think that would be more challenging, especially if somebody has never been in front of a camera before. Mm. Do you have any resources? Like, is there any books or movies or documentaries or anything that really stood out for anybody who's like listening to this and, and really feel shame around their body or sexuality. Um, anything that sort of comes to mind that it was like, this was, is amazing. You know what I really loved? I read a book that's called, I don't remember who it's by, but there is two books. First is called, uh, she comes first. And then the next book uh, is called, um, then he comes or some, or he comes next, something like this. Uh, so it's <laughs> yeah. a very good book about sexuality and they really dive deep into exploring the, um, the anatomy of the woman's body and like how they work and the mentality. So I think it's something that like, you want to get educated a little bit more on sexuality. And even for yeah. me as a woman, I was reading this and I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know that about my own body. So that was like a very powerful one. And another mm-hmm. thing I would say is really find your communities and find your tribes where people are on this path and where there is a safe space to kind of have this dialogue and talk about it and you can exchange with other women maybe uh, who are also in the same situation so that she don't feel alone because the worst we can do is kind of close herself off in shame and isolate herself mm-hmm. that's when it gets very tricky because it's hard to get out of this and then the more we feel alone the more uh, shame we feel and the more we get even more isolated and then we can't progress and grow from that space. And so much can root up from that place. If you've got that shame inside of you, it can manifest in so many other areas. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even for me as a mom, I think it's so important to heal those aspects in me so that I can be a good role model for my daughter because I want her mm-hmm. to be fulfilled and to be happy in all aspects of herself, in all aspects of her life, in all aspects of her being. And I don't want her to be carrying on this sexual shame that I had because in my culture, it was like, no, no, no. Women are supposed to be pure and virginity is something you give away to a very special person. So already just if we even take this um it's so wrong. I mean, your yeah. virginity is, why do we tell women that it's something they lose? Like it doesn't belong to them and then they lose it. Like what kind of relationship does that create with our own sexuality from an early age? And what kind of expectations do we have from sexuality? We're programmed to be stressed about it, to feel like we're losing something, to feel that this is something that does not belong to us. It's not even ours and it can be taken away from us and then we get shamed. You know, so from early age, we're programmed to have this very unhealthy relationship with our sexuality. That's crazy. I've never thought about it that way in that frame. And when you think about it and you look at it, you're like, that is just, yeah, it's so wrong. Yeah, because when you say to a boy, oh, well, he got lucky if he, you know, the first time he becomes a man and the woman, you lose something, like something gets taken away from you, you know, and wow, what kind of relationship does that program us to have? Like, how can we claim pleasure from that? How can we say, well, I now want to own my sexuality? No, like you don't own it. It was for somebody else and he took it. Wow. 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 That's wild. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of work to be done. (laughs) 
Well, I'm glad that you're in this doing this work because I can totally, like I said before, I feel your heart. I feel your passion, my dear. So keep going. I love it. Thank Uh, you, honey. Yeah, it's you're radiant with it. And it's such a beautiful message. And I think it's such an important message. So that's why I just said I was so grateful to bring you on. Um, Is there anything else that you feel called to share? I think it's just a little reminder that it all starts with us and it all starts with self-love. Like self-love is the basis of everything. So loving yourself is not selfish. I think loving yourself is really a priority. Mm, Beautiful. And where can people find you if they want to connect or, you know, reach out or join your amazing Facebook group? Ah, well, I have the Facebook group. It's called Unapologetically Me. Uh, So if you girls want to join, it's a free group and we have different challenges, um, popping in to do some lives and um, we just have a very beautiful community where we kind of discuss everything that is about body positivity and self-acceptance and sexuality. Um, I have Instagram as well. It's called Unleash the Goddess. And um, now I'm working on my coaching program that will be launching soon. (laughs) So it's really, yes, I'm super excited. Because I felt like I really needed to create a bigger container than than photo shoots. Photo sessions, they're amazing, but they they didn't offer everything that the women were craving when we started talking about those issues. So this is where I really felt called to create this uh, program to really support women on their journey and to help them build um, a relationship with their bodies that really goes on unconditional self-love and moving away from being the um, seeker of external validation all the time. But instead to really tell the world, this is how I should be treated because I'm the one who decides now instead of me always seeking for others to approve of me and to see if I'm good or not good. And it's also a big chunk of it is about reclaiming our sexuality. So yes, this Beautiful. is going to be uh, lunch soon. And so yeah, so lots on the go. Yes, <laughs> lots of work, but I'm super excited. Uh, well, anyways, my dear, I'm excited for you. Thank you again for coming on here and sharing your beautiful journey and all of your behind the scenes wisdom. I mean, there was just so much value in this. I'm super, super happy. And I'm very honored you asked me to be your guest. I love your podcast. It's amazing. And uh, yeah, just your work in general. So I'm really, really happy to be here, love. Uh, thanks, babe. Thank you. That was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to Nat, all of her contact info is going to be in the show notes. Do not be shy. Feel free to join her amazing group and celebrate your body. Be kind to ourselves. Really, like I can't imagine saying the things to my best friends that I sometimes say to myself. It's just like we are so hard on ourselves. And if only we developed habits of self-love, self-care and honoring and cherishing our beautiful bodies, our entire lives and experience of life would change. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you love today's episode, definitely share it with two friends, forward it to two of your girlfriends, pay it forward. And don't forget to go check out samantharoberto.com for all of the info on my new The Vibrancy Method program for my one-to-one coaching to help you step into your most radiant, confident, and vibrant self today. So if you are ready to live a passion filled, purpose-driven life and really learn to tap into your intuition, like learn how to trust your inner compass and take action, aligned action from that place 
just go apply. This will be for you. And I, like I said before, your future self will be so freaking grateful that you did. Anyways, you guys, next week we have another amazing episode. So until then, keep being you, be beautiful.